All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Nick Kumalatos. There's no better time for men to be focused, vigilant and healthy than right now. Nick is a husband, father, author, marine raider, recon marine, founder of the Gogi and serial business builder with his partner, Alison Capra. Nick's goal is to inspire, educate and teach men the tools and steps to move forward in fitness, business and relationships and challenge you to become the best version of yourself. No BS, just straightforward talk from patriots, freedom fighters and industry professionals from all walks of life is what you'll find on this podcast. And in this interview, we discuss how to utilise the special ops mindset in your everyday life, how you can build a warrior mindset every day, how to achieve goals like a spec operative and so much more. And now let's get to the interview. Now, I originally found you when you were doing one of your insane immersion challenges when you were doing the jujitsu, just <laughs> launching yourself in. But for people who maybe don't recognize the name, could you give a quick introduction? Because you've had such a storied past. It's it's amazing the stuff you've done. But how would you sell yourself to somebody in a 30-second kind of like cliche introduction? Uh, the cliche introduction. Okay. Uh, you ready? Um, I was a troublesome youth. Two felonies by the time I was 13. Turned my life around. Joined the military. Uh, that wasn't enough for me. Went to um, took selection for force reconnaissance. Um, and then that wasn't even enough. And then went to special operations and spent my last, uh, my last half of my career within Marine special operations command, deploying overseas, uh, com- combating the war on terrorism. And then since then last decade, I've been a serial entrepreneur building and selling biz- businesses, um, investing into other, you know, other things as well as, uh, the financial, philanthropy side of, um, working with, uh, our nation's veterans to, um, make them you know, whole, healthy, and successful post-military service. And you're also a published, a very successful author. And, you know, you, you're running the Johnny Slicks. And you're, you know, it's just, you're a father. You're doing amazing stuff. But you initially started, came from, like, a single mother. You're a bit, a, a bit of a tear away when you were younger. Do yeah. you think you've written a fantastic book on change and transition. Do you think that upbringing helped you kind of become independent and realize that, you, you know, you can rely on yourself? And is that what a lot of people are struggling with just now where it's life's become too soft? Um, oh, well, let's, let's, let's agree there. hundred percent life has mm-hmm. definitely become uh, soft. Or actually what I'd say is people have allowed themselves to become soft. Um, you know, so, but yeah, looking back at my childhood growing up in the eighties, um, with a single mom with, you know, basically poor, um, then getting in trouble. Like, you know, we moved around every six months. Uh, these things, while I hated them as a kid, I feel like, and I actually did a podcast on my podcast with my mom, um, where we talked about that. And, and when I, while I hated it as a kid, looking back at it now being 40 years old and everything that I've done in my life, I look at it and go, wow, that really set me up for success. It, 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 it made me have to do hard things. It made me have to, um, you know, go through some of these trials and tribulations to where now as an adult, I look at things and, and things that get hard. I'm like, well, it's not that hard. You know, it's not that bad. It's just work, right? It's just, it's just hard work. That's, that's what it comes down to. Because that's what I love about your podcast. You know, it's like you break things down, but you give like these great sound bites. You give these great tips to do. You know, you get your wife to come in and you chat about being a better father, being a better relationship. Yeah. Then you talk about the gogi. It's like everything, like there's so much stuff I wanted to go in. I, I can't go down that rabbit hole because that'll be a podcast in itself. There's that, there's <laughs> that, there's that. Um, I mean, you said yourself, like, I was really interested in the special forces mindset for everyday yeah. life. 
So yeah. you talked about how in the military, it was the first time you kind of been challenged and pushed yourself. I mean, you did the selection with a wrist injury, for example. I, you know, do you think that's a, a big part of it that because we've never had challenges, we've never been pushed? And what did you learn from that time about what's essential, what's important in life, do you think, during your military career? So it's, um, I get asked all the time by young people, how do you train, how do you train the mental side of things? Right? Like I want to, I want to join special operations. So how do I, how do I, I can do the physical things, but how do I become more mentally resilient? Like there's not a course that you can take to become mentally resilient. It's not a, it's not a thing. This is, this is uh, I made a YouTube video on on how to create a warrior mindset and 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 a lot of people I got a lot of negative comments because it's it, it was kind of cheap right how do you be, have a warrior mentality well you got to do hard things well I I just want to you can't read a book and get hard you can't you can't read a book or watch a movie or watch a video and become more mentally resilient the way the only the only true way to become mentally resilient is to go do things and experience life and and have failures like if you quit at, if you quit the first time you fail well you're not going to be very mentally resilient that person who's mentally resilient who is tough mentally and spiritually is the person who's gone through trials and tribulations in their life and have and and, and have weathered the storm they had a failure and they got back up and tried again and then they had another failure and they got back up and tried again and they just they just different quit like you you talked about um finding me during the jiu-jitsu challenge which was absolutely brutal i don't recommend it to anyone <laughs> um but uh th- you know the the one thing with jiu-jitsu and, and and i was talking about this on a podcast yesterday is uh with, with two actually two black belts um is the difference between a white belt and a black belt is the black belt just forgot to quit he just, and it could be, you know, he got his black belt in five years. He got his black belt in, in 15 years. The difference there is he just didn't quit. And let me tell you, for somebody who's at three years into that, into that sport, it is brutal. Like mm-hmm. there, you, you feel like no matter how you're progressing, you feel like you're not progressing. So to have that, the, the, that concept of, of something, right? Like here I am investing three years of three years of my life into something that I feel, I still feel like I suck at. No, I mean, that's a big thing for me. Like, I mean, I'm a blue belt in jujitsu just now. And I, I mean, I've, I grew up in an area where you were two hours away from the nearest place. So you had to fix, like say the plant machinery. You couldn't just go to the shop and get the part. You had to do it in real time or you yeah. had to like, you know, there were miles away from anything. You got like a monthly shop at a time, all these kind of things. And I used to think I was really good at it, but COVID has really highlighted just how bad people are with change, transition, with pressure. It is absolutely terrifying. I mean, you wrote a fantastic book on change, transition, and you said yourself, like, it's great for vets, but now you can actually see everybody struggles with it. It's a a human condition. Transition and life-changing and all these things are human condition. Um, It's interesting that you bring up the COVID portion, right? Um, Because that's a people made a choice they made a choice to fold up to be fearful to stay in their house to mask up to allow all these things to happen in their life then there's other people that just decided to not like my life changed a little bit but honestly my work environment and my life and my goals didn't change much matter of fact because all that was happening, I made more money and more progress in the past two years of my life than I had the eight years prior. No, that's uh, same with me. I am. Um, I made a choice to. Mm-hmm. I, I chose. I said, I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm going to move the needle in my life. Mm-hmm. How do I get more fit? How do I? How do I get more fit? How do I get healthier? How do I, you know, get my blue belt? How do I do X, Y, and Z? Instead of saying I can't because of all these different reasons, well, the shutdowns and COVID and I don't have the money. And I mean, I lost businesses over that, over that still, even though I lost businesses, got raided by the cops, you know, blah, 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 everything that happened to me during that time. I still was successful, more Mm -hmm. successful in that year than I were in any other years 
even with the hardship. Because that's why I love your always forward mindset. You know, it's like it can bad shit happen to everybody, but you just get up and go. And you can yeah. just go like time's going to pass anyway. You may as well go in and do something amazing with it and achieve something with it. Is that where that mindset comes from? You know, how do we build that philosophy into to doing it? You know, because how can we make us a field manual for life? Because so, something that I'm that I'm going to talk about in my always forward mentorship group is is the phase line approach. Like, obviously, it's it's a, one. It's a snowball effect, right? Um, if I get somebody that comes on board, right, and they they're just a wreck, they're the opposite of me, but but they want to get better, hmm. you know. And say we start with just like, hey, I'm going to get this guy to meditate. He's in his own head, anxiety, depression, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to get this guy to meditate, you know, start meditating. If you've never meditated and then telling them you're going to meditate for 30 minutes every day for 30 days, it's a bit, it's a bridge too far, right? Or getting somebody who's never, like say you've never worked out and you're like, you just show up and you're like, I'm going to work out every day for the next 30 days. You, know? you hear that the whole time? But, yeah. What's the chances yeah. that person's going to fail? About 100%. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's like, cool. I appreciate your uh, enthusiasm, but why don't we just do, why don't we work out three days a week? Why don't we get three, three 20 minute, if you've never, you're not working out, you're not, let's get three 20 minute sessions in a week. And we can consistently do that. Well, then we can we can build from there. We can go to four, or we can make them, you know, thirty minute sessions or hour long sessions, and then we can add in a fourth one. Next thing you know, you snowball your, your snowball effect. Now you are training every day, but look what your look what your life is improving step by step. Every one of those sessions is improving a little bit more. Now you go a month and you did three training sessions a, a, a week, or three set three training sessions a week for a month. You're gonna feel better. You're going to start showing, noticing changes in those four weeks. And you're like, okay, I want more of this. There's positive reinforcement, right? Um, and it's the same thing with anything. It's like you have to start th the plan. I, I want, what is my goal? Okay, my goal is here. I'm going to create a 90-day phase line approach, okay, to reach my goal. What does that mean? All right, Nick, let's just lose weight loss, all right? You know, the world is fat right now everybody needs to lose some weight, right? So let's That's look, <laughs> um, the COVID, COVID got you. COVID, was it COVID 20, COVID 40? Whatever 50, they're saying. I think at the minute, like, <laughs> I never realized how big fat my face was till I seen it in Zencasters. Like, no. Uh, I got to fix this. <laughs> um, so hypothetically speaking, okay, somebody comes on board. They're like, I want to do this thing. Okay, you're going to lose 30 pounds. And the reason, and this can be with any goal. I don't care if it's making money, it's building a better relationship with your kids, your wife, it's your personal growth, it's weight loss. It doesn't, it doesn't freaking matter. And it doesn't matter what it is. It is um, this, the, the, the process, the work is the same. I got 90 days. I want to lose 30 pounds in 90 days. That's a lot, right? It's a lot of weight. 30 pounds and actually keep it off is a lot of weight. Now, okay, well, we're going to break this down into phase lines. Well, it's 10 pounds. I need to lose 10 pounds a month. Okay. All right. So I need to focus on a month. I don't need to worry about the 90 days anymore. I need to focus on the, 30, the, the month. I lose 10 pounds in a month. Well, how do I do that? Okay. Well, let's break it down into the week. How many pounds is that a week? That's 2.5 pounds a week. Okay. That's still a lot. It's 2.5 pounds in a week. You know what I mean? Actual fat loss. I'm talking true fat, not just water and all the other bullshit and muscle. I'm talking just fat. Okay. So now I got to lose shit, man. I got to lose 2.5 pounds this week. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I got to figure out what I need to do in a day. So I need to lose 0.33 pounds. Is that what it comes out to? I'm pretty sure I've done this, done this a lot, but I always like to check. 0.35. Oh, wow. I got to lose 0.35 of a pound. Now your listeners are obviously in, in kilos, so I'd have to, have to do that. So, um, but 0.35, that's a lot more palatable than 30 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. But this is what I can do now. I can go, okay, what do I need to do today? Just today. I just got to focus. I just got to win today. That's it. 
My sole focus is the shit that I need to do today to lose 0.35 pounds. What does that mean? Okay, I need to eat this thing. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is what I have to eat for the day. I have to walk this many steps. I have to get this training session in. All I'm worried about is today. When tomorrow comes, now I got to worry about tomorrow. And if I just take this freaking thing one single day at a time and build this routine to where all I'm focused on is my day today and what I'm doing. At the end of that 90 days, you're like, holy shit, I lost 30 freaking pounds. No, I love that kind of mindset, that kind of taking a goal and making it smart, you know, breaking it down into like measurable, reliable, etc. And is that the thing that you get taught, do you think, in special forces? Like well, that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. That's this is this concept, this this phase line approach to planning is 100% came from the military, came from special operations. So if we look at, okay, we go into it, we go into a country, go into an area of a country and I go, okay, I need to get this location to this place, but we're over here. So how do we do that? I have to build phase lines approach. So maybe, so, so, so looking at it from a, from a military standpoint, you go into an area, it's very hostile. And I want to make it safe. So the step, the, the first look, the first thing that I have to do is I have to clear out the hostility, right? I have to clear out the negative influencers. So the, the so the first month, say, say we're there on a, on a four month deployment, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the first month might be hard combat. We were planning because I'm now I'm going back. Okay. If I need to get to like a, a stable, secure, uh, you know, I don't know what you, what do you have there? Like counties? Like what's an area district, I don't, I don't, however you'd want to call it, yeah. you know, probably like um, we, I mean, in the highlands would be villages and yeah, yeah, probably, like it's probably the same. Yeah. Like you're not, not necessarily a town, but bigger, you know, that might have like three or four towns in one area whatever. Um, so let's, let's call it like a, a hundred kilometer square area, right? You got a hundred kilometers of space that you have, you want to lock down to make that whole hundred, hundred square kilometers. Um, completely safe and, and, and secure for your people that live there. Right now, what happens outside that, you know, it's outside your control, but your area safe families are going to the market. They're doing their thing. They're living, they're going to school. They're living their life. No pressure right now. It's not that way, but that's our goal. Okay. So the first month, and we're going to knock this out in four months. The first month is okay. We're going to clear out the negative influencers. All right. How do we find out the, who those individuals are? Now you start breaking it down to the daily tasks and the daily missions of going and targeting and doing violence against those individuals to either remove them, kill them, arrest them, whatever it may be. Okay. Now you've done that. Now you got to move into phase two. What's phase two? Okay. We need to establish some security, right? So now we got to establish some security. We got to actually find out who's in the, who's in the village that either that was a cop is a cop or we need to train people. So now we're establishing an internal hierarchy of their own people to, to maintain security and, uh, and support in that area. So you see what I'm saying? So you're utilizing these things to, you know, now you're in a training phase, then you're in a secure phase, and then you're in a, then you're basically, you, last phase is, you know, your hold phase, getting these people to hold what you actually created. All right. So I've taken that. That's what I did in the military, but it took me a while to realize, like, wait a minute shit, man, this is the same process that I can do with anything. And people are so hung up that they have this goal. They have this vision board. They write it on the wall. I want to be fit. I want to look good naked. I want to make a million dollars, but they have no daily fucking plan to actually get there. It's just a wish without a plan. You know, it's what I see the whole time. It's like, Everybody yeah, fine. it's like, but it's fine. But what happens if such and such happens? Uh, uh, and you're like, well, that's why I love like I mean, I interviewed Dean Stott, who's on the the SAS program. Great um, dude, the, great Dean's you know, a great guy. Yeah, and you know, I've interviewed like a few people who've been in the military services, like Jay Morton and people like that. Yeah. And I love that mindset of like they're the, the not the epitome. Um, they're the the perfect example of somebody who, when shit starts flying. And the hostage isn't in the place you want it, or something. You know, the bad guys yeah. come around the corner. You kind of go, Murphy, you, can't Murphy stick, uh, yeah. you can't stick to the same plan, and you've got to think on the fly. And you know, Dean was talking about hot debriefs after about like 
how to improve it, what could go wrong, what went better, etc. He was talking about like weapons dumps, safe houses. You know, like you could see the planning that goes into it. What do you learn from like the special forces or mindset? What do they teach you about prepping, planning to get to a point where? You already know what possibly could go wrong, so you're so prepared. It's just a kind of okay, plan B, switch to plan C. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's where you're. You know, you build contingencies, and 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 that's uh, this is where experience comes into play, right? Obviously, a new guy coming in, um, say you know, you get one of your listeners who's just, I mean, as as fucked up as a football bat, right? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean. They don't know. They don't know anything, right? Um, but they want to learn. Obviously, that guy on a team, he he's not he doesn't even know what questions to ask to build the contingencies, right? So this is where experience comes into play. To where yes, you think out everything that could go wrong. You know, you you plan accordingly to where you do build in contingencies and plan Bs and plan Cs because no plan survives first contact. And this is where you have to pivot. This is where you have to figure it out i mean the other option is what you just quit and then, and then what you're never going to reach your goal and especially in your hostile situation yeah exactly and yeah. especially in and and that i mean what's great about what's great about in the civilian world of with reaching your goals and making money and losing weight um no one's going to die most for most of the time you're just going to fail the only thing that's going to die is your ego your pride and does this sort of link into your May Day trigger that you've talked about, where people kind of are doing great until, you know, they have a late night, they have an argument with the missus, the yeah. the kid plays up or something, they can't get their work in. How do you start working with people and going, hey, that's BS, get on with it, switch your well, mindset it, back? Listen, I, I'm I'm empathetic. I'm empathetic. I get it. I, you know what? The the I love the con. I love the things that says no bad days. Right. I love to say no bad days. At the end of the day. Um, I, I, I like to say no bad days because it's a mindset of like, listen, no bad days, no matter what, no matter what happens, you know, because this is what, this is what's going to happen. No, no matter what happens that day, which we all know your tires going to blow the missus, something happens with the missus, the kid lost his lunch or gets in fight mm -hmm. in school. Like you're going to get derailed. So what you got derailed? No big deal. It's your life. What do you do the next day? The same shit. It's it's the same day. You, the next day you just start over. That's it. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to go, you don't have to like be more complicated, make it more complicated than it is. You don't have to dwell on the day before. It's like shooting a gun. When you shoot a gun, you shoot a rifle, okay? As soon as you squeeze that trigger, there is nothing you can do about it. That round is going down range. You can't move it. You can't bring it back. You can't adjust it. It is gone. You have zero control of what happens after that, that round leaves the chamber, leaves the barrel. So let it go. It's gone. Adjust. Adjust your rifle for the next shot. If it I didn't hit, if you weren't on target, then you adjust. And you take another shot. That's a great way of looking at it. I never kind of thought about it like that. Because I love how, when I was like looking through your stuff, you know, you've got the pillars of like the physical fitness. You've got the pillars of like building your tribe and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, and I was like, uh, oh, this guy's awesome. And then I remember your tattoos about the Agogi um, training. And I thought... Yeah. He's into Sparta. This is it. Like, this is all I need to get to this. Where did that come from? Like, have you been sort of inspired by that is it when you were a kid? Where does yeah, that I mean, philosophy? You know, I'm, I'm obviously by my name, I'm Greek, right? And my yeah. uh, half of my family is from the uh, Lacandamian Peninsula. The other ones were, were from Samos, um, an island um, in further east of Greece, close, actually closer to Turkey. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, that that kind of warrior mentality, that kind of training and mindset has always been a part of me. And I think it's something that gets adapted into the military. You know, it's like, what do you when you're in special operations, what do you do? You're not a cook. You're not a thing. What you do is you are a warfighter. That is your job. 
So to kind of take that and and to always be the warrior and and now for me to take a step back and be like I choose to be the warrior in the garden. You've seen the whole heard the whole Sun Tzu thing. I'd rather yeah. be a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war. And why is that? Is because me personally, I want to be in the garden. That's where I want to be. But if the time comes or the need to be there, I would much rather be the warrior in the garden than the gardener that's getting thrusted into a bad situation and, a, and into a war. Because he is he is ill-prepared. I can learn how to plant shit. I can learn how to be a hippie. I can learn how to be a peace. I can learn how to meditate. I can learn how to do all these other things. But it takes a long time to be a warrior. It, look, it takes a lot of time and experience and to learn how to be a warrior, to have a warrior mindset. That's a lot of work. That is an enormous amount of work and it's an enormous amount of true true pain and failure to get to that point. But that means my mindset is right no matter what. No matter what. When drought comes, I'm still a warrior. When famine comes, I'm still a warrior. I will endure when the when the the gardener at war is, is not going to endure. He's fucked. Uh, this is why I knew I had to get you on. It's just like, listen to your podcast. I'm like, it, it is life-changing. I and mean, it's great to see that you're using the skills that you learned, but you're not just, oh, I'm a great guy because of it. You've decided that your mission is going to go and help um, veterans. And then you're like, but everybody could benefit from this. You know, yeah. be a better husband, be a better father, be a better man. And I love that kind of, you've got a similar kind of goal with me and you're doing, you're doing a lot better. But how do you utilize the Spartan philosophy of, you know, you're a warrior, you're a, like, remove this being slaves to emotions? Because everybody thinks they can win a fight till they're punched in the face. Everybody thinks they can get the girl until they actually have to walk up to her. Yeah, well, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're a BJJ guy. So, like, how many times have you come in? Have you, or have you heard that, like, oh yeah, well, you know, no one's tapping, no one's tapping me out because, you know, when I go yeah. in there and I see red, I'm gonna be a, I'm a, I'm a maniac. Oh, it's always the late, the trial guy that comes in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no one's, no one's gonna get me to tap. It's like, okay, like first thirty seconds, you're already, you're already done. The hundred fifty pound girl rolling them around, yeah. and you're like, yeah. <laughs> which happened to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's, it, that comes down to, again, it's a, it's a choice. You have to make a choice and there's, and believe it or not, there are, believe it or not, there are military guys, there are amazing guys that are special operations guys that get out and are not successful that don't take the lessons that they learned because Mm -hmm. they get into their own head and they're, you know, they're doing whatever and they just don't, you know, um, they don't put the constant effort. They forget that's what it is. They forget that selection is ongoing. So just because you went into special operations and you passed selection, you got on a team, you went to war, you went to combat, or, or, or you just because you slashed selection, you got on a team, doesn't mean that the selection process stops. You're constantly being selected. You're constantly being judged. You're, everything is ongoing. And I think sometimes when our warriors get out of the military and they come back on, they come back home, they think, Oh, I made it. I'm here. I'm at the, I'm at, there is no point of destination. There is no, there is no finish line. There is no, like you get to, you build your body to a certain level. You're not, you're never going to look at, you know, no one's ever going to look at their body. Same with jujitsu. They're knowing to look at their body and be like, yep, I did it. This is where I want to be. There's always something to improve. There's always a percentage of fat to lose. There's always uh, a, a percentage of muscle to put on, a percentage of muscle to lift, and, or strength to lift. There's always a little bit more money to make. But jujitsu, like I don't care if you're a black belt, you're gonna go, you're gonna go, you're gonna go roll with somebody who's gonna beat your ass. There's, there's infinite levels to the game, and if you make the decision that you're where you're done, where you're at, well, that's where you're 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 stop. If you quit at something. That is your limit in life. You're done. There's no more growth, no more experience you're going to gain. You quit on yourself, and that's as far as you're going to get in life. Because you see that a lot recently. Well, you know, a lot of young people. It's kind of like, yeah, I go to work, I go home, and I'll sit and watch the soaps. And you're like, but what else do you do? Oh, nine. And I, just, I just think it's like they've given up. 
I'm not trying well, to like, and that's their choice, right? That goes back mm. to choices. If that's the life that you, this is, I have no problem. If you want to work a part-time job at 40 hours a week and goes, go sit on the couch and, and, and be fat and, and, and wash your soaps, then that's cool. Do that. I, I don't care. Don't, don't change. Don't, don't yell at me about anything. Don't affect how I do things. Don't have an opinion on what I do. That's you. What I have a problem with is the individuals that do that, but then complain they're not fit enough. They don't make enough money. They're not reaching their goals. They're not, you're not doing their dreams. I wish I did this. I wish I had that, Yeah. but they're not, they're doing jack and shit about it. And do you think that's like, because, because we've never been to war, a lot of people, they've, they've never had to challenge themselves. So things like jujitsu, combat sports, um, you know, giving back these sorts of things, like, would you say because you've got like this sort of great setup of the, the different pillars of creating a like a better version of themselves? Do you have like set physical benchmarks you think people should do? Do you have set ways of building a tribe, building the pressure in their lives? How do you start working with somebody to get them to be the better version of themselves? You know, are there habits that you would introduce into their lives to help them on the road? Yeah, so so one of the things that we do with the agogi is so we sit down with a client and we first we talk one the fact that they reach out to us to talk to us and then to sign up and put their money where their mouth is says a lot right and we're not cheap and the reason why we're not cheap is because i want the people who are truly invested in making changes i don't want i don't want we have a thing here called uh i don't even know if it's international planet fitness oh yeah you heard of it mm -hmm. um that the one you get free pizza with a worker yeah there you go you, you nah. get free pizza to work out it's like 15 dollars a month um there's there's no value in that so if you look at someone if you take and i, I was actually having this conversation with one of my one of my coaching clients uh today if you take two people one's a planet fitness person 25 dollars a month or 15 dollars a month the other one goes to a you know a gym that costs 2.99 a month Two different people. One person's paying twenty five. One one person's paying two ninety nine or fifteen. You know, fifteen twenty five. I don't even know what it costs. I know it's cheap. I think it might be ten dollars a month. <laughs> it's something ridiculous. Um, who's going to be the more in shape person? The one with the less, you know, the less crap. So not the Planet Fitness guy. <laughs> not the Planet Fitness mm -hmm. guy. Why? I think it's because it's too easy. It doesn't it's challenge you no value right mm -hmm. if you're paying 2.99 a month to go to this gym do you think you're going to use it no you're going to justify any excuse not to no to the 299 one to go oh sorry you're yeah spending, oh you're, you're going to go to that one yeah yeah of course right you're like shit i'm spending 300 a month i got to get my use out of this that's what it comes down to is what do you value what do you value and, and if you're going to reach your goals, so, so if I get, so if I get a, uh, if I get a guy, he comes on board, pays the, pays the price. Then I sit down with him. We sit down with him. We go, okay, listen, call him Mike. Hey, Mike, what are your goals? Okay. These are your goals. Now tell me your top four priorities in life. Okay. Tell me these priorities. Let's talk about your routine. What do you do in your day? Well, wait a minute. Your routine the things that you do in your daily your daily life from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed dude does not align with your priorities your goals so are they your priorities your goals or is your is your priorities and goals messed up or is your routine messed up now most of the time their routine's messed up because they don't know how they don't know how to build it to get there you know what i mean so when you were in the service what would they be doing i mean away from actual combat situations is there like do they focus on your mindset training do they focus i know they would focus hard on the physical cutters but what are they doing are they is it planning prepping is it maintenance is it why do they instill these kind of like habits in you that makes you like the best of the best so it's interesting you say that and you think you would think that there's like this robust training thing for the mentality portion right to get yourself yeah. mental mentally ready there's not um yes every once in a while somebody will come and speak and share some information or something like that do you know do you know what we do 
we train. We train to the point of exhaustion and then we train some more and then we mm-hmm. push ourselves and we train some more and we do hard things. And when we're not, when we're not deployed, we're training. We're either training physically or we're training mentally. We're running war games. We're running um, exercises. We're in training. We're learning new things. We're, we're testing everything that we do in, in, in special operations. There's a test at the end. You're constantly testing. You're constantly having to pass something. You're constantly putting, you're constantly getting put into situations where you have to succeed or fail. That is that that's what that's what people don't understand is like you can't do you can't listen to a speech, you can't listen to a podcast, you can't read a book, or watch a movie, watch a video on YouTube to become mentally resilient. The reason why these guys are so tough is because they've been put in tough situations and had to either sink or swim. So what other sort of similarities do you see between top performers? Because I see like with the people I interview, I see some like very similar characteristics, some very similar mindsets, the way that they, they take on things. Further, the eyes you've worked with and you know the people that you really see excel, do you see similarities in their mindset, their approach to life that you could sort of categorize or it does it just the it's what the person does with their life more than who they are as a person. I think a couple different things, right? Like you're looking at special operations guys, you look at the selection processes, right? For anyone, anyone in the world, like you look at, you look at, you know, the SAS, you look at like guys, the SBS, like the guys like Dean, um, Dean's a great story. Matter of fact, it, it, like what a just amazing story. Um, but if you look at all of those individuals and their selection processes for the people that you see, I'll tell you this right now, there's about 90% of them that you don't see. That like that cream rises to the top because you've got individuals that are willing to deal with the misery. You have individuals that are willing to deal with failure and continue on. Vice the individual who does not continue that that does not deal with fa- failure. They quit on themselves when things get hard, and they go away. They fade off. Those people are 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 gone. And those are the same people that in life, if they don't make if they don't take corrective action in their life, will always hit a roadblock. They'll always have that limiting belief factor. I can only make so much money. I can only have this type of girl. I can only have this type of job. Like I, their, their belief is here and they'll, they'll never exceed the limit. Have you, have you ever heard me talk about the elephant this and this and the rope and the stick? Yeah, it's like when they you plant it, um, they put it into the thicker rope so the baby elephant thinks it can't pull out. So when it comes to the full-size elephant, it can't pull the rope. So I think, well, what's the point of me trying? I can't do it. I can't do it, right? Ah. I, my whole life I've been tied to this rope. And here I am. Here you've got the, ma- the largest walking mammal on the face of the planet tricked into believing that it is where it's stuck where it's at when you and I both know it could trample the whole village. Yeah. But it's it's been trained, it's been conditioned. Well, I look at I look at you know us as a world, us as a society. Majority of people have been trained and conditioned to be to be put in little boxes, to be put in certain um, ec- economic structures. Right? You're in a, you're you're at a, you know you were born poor, you're going to die poor. You're you were you were born you know your your family's overweight, you're all fat. You're like, well, you're just big boned. Well, that's funny because I've never seen a big bone skeleton yet. So I'm pretty sure when we all die and rot away, we all look the exact same. So that's that's a lie. You know, um, I can only make so much money. I can only have this much education. I can only do these, 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 things, things. These are all lies that you've been told or you're telling yourself. But, but if if you can get somebody to truly believe that there is no limit, there is no limit. There's no ceiling. There's no point of destination. There's no finish line. It's just about constant growth. It's constantly about moving the needle in your life in whatever way you can. That's that's a powerful that's a powerful person. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com/affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. 
Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Because you see that, don't you? It's like everybody goes, oh, I'm just going to, when I get good at jiu-jitsu, or when I, I'm going to, when I get into shape, and you're thinking, that's never a goal. That's never going to happen. happen. It's not a tangible thing. And I, I just don't get that kind of reasoning. It's like, that's part of the fun. It's the journey. It's the, it's not as Aerosmith, you know, great song. It's not the dest. it's the journey, not the destination. You have, um, to, you have to enjoy the, the journey because that's all there is. There is no destination. There, there is no getting there. I just never understand that way when people kind of have these goals where it's like very kind of it's like you're saying they're built into blocks. They're they're never going to actually go and step out of it. And do yeah. you think that's where true growth comes from? It's when you realize that you have one life, that no one's coming to save you, that what you actually need is on the cusp of your comfort zone that you need to step out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's uh um it's on the fringe, right? If you have a circle, um growth happens on the edge. And that's the reason why that I'm constantly doing different challenges. Every year I do something because I, I feel because like where I'm at in life, you know, professionally, personally, it's very easy for me to get just kind of complacent. I've got a great team. I've got a great employees. I've got a great wife. I've got a great family. I've got a great my businesses are doing great. Um, it would be very easy for me to just kind of sit back, kick back, and put my feet up. But then, basically, I'm I'm dead. I've died. Mm-hmm. And what people think is like, oh, you can relax. No, it's it's not relax. It's death because now you're not moving forward. You're not. I, I want to continually to move forward in my life. Like there is no limit. So that so for me. Um, doing these different challenges, doing different hard things, doing things that are really outside my comfort zone. So like, for instance, uh, I haven't even told anyone publicly this. Um, I am, I am when December 10th, I will enter into my very first, uh, men's physique competition at the holiday classic, like the whole bodybuilding scene type thing, but it's a men's, men's physique. Um, I, to be a hundred percent honest, I don't really like that scene. I don't really, mm. but, um, posing on stage in board shorts, believe it or not, as much as my shirts off and all these different videos and doing different things, I don't really like the whole posing thing. I don't really like I don't, spray tans and all that kind of funky, weird stuff, you know, that, that, that you have to do. Um, it is super outside my comfort zone. But what I see is that is one, I'm 40 years old to be able to look like that at, 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 you know, 40 and over, I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, to have to put my body and mind through this dieting regime and training regime to be able to get to that level, to stand on stage and, and compete and not just compete, but win. that that's a challenge for me, it's like competing in jujitsu. You know, it's yeah. like, and do you think that, I mean, that's what I was very interested was you, know, you do regular challenges. There's a guy called, I think it's Laurie Shaw, who's got a YouTube channel and that's all he does. Every 30 days, he'll go pick something like it's Muay Thai, uh, acting, parkour, whatever. Like he's just like, need to go do matter. something. Do you think we need that? Like, whereas you guys are going to missions and you're constantly challenging yourselves. We need to have like competing. We need to be, I, th- I, I think, know, volunteering. Yeah. Yeah, I think the I think the difference in human beings that um, that do that is night and day. It makes other people uncomfortable. Um, there is no growth without that. So it, it, the people that are constantly doing that, imagine that. Imagine if you just could learn one thing. If you were like, you know what, I don't know everything. I want to learn one new thing a day. So in, in a year, you've learned 365 things. And if you kept that thing, if you kept that up, I just want to learn one new skill, one new trade, one new piece of information a day. What does that look like? But that's, it goes back to a choice, right? That's a very different type of individual. Now, there will always be the individuals that don't do that. So how much easier is it is, is it for the, for the few that say, 
I want to grow. I want to be better. I'm going to make the choice to be better. How easy it is to stand out amongst everyone else and, and to rise, you know, the cream rise to the top. It's, it's easier now than ever. Hmm. But how do you know you're on the right track then? Because I've noticed that with a lot of people is they come out of, say, like the services, they come out of a job or whatever, and six months down the line, they're suddenly going, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in a crappy job. I'm in a crappy relationship, um, whatever. How do you monitor this change? How, like, Because you've written the excommunicated warrior, so you've yeah. written about change and transition and things like that. Yeah. Where do you see guys going wrong with not so much just their goal setting, but also how they monitor it, how they achieve it. Because I look after PhD students and, you know, they, their planning's great, but they can be six months down the line and go, oh, that's experiments completely wrong. I need to restart it. And, you know, so it seems to try. Uh, you, just, you just answered your own question. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, they get out and they're like, well, I, I want to follow my passion, but I don't know what my passion is. So how do you find your passion? that i don't like i don't know myself do you, you think do you think sitting in you think sitting in your house is going to find you your passion just sitting on the couch watching watching the the tele Hell the no. telly not not going to happen you have to you have to go down the journey yeah guess what six months i did not get here i'm not on the same path that i was that i started 10 years ago 10 years ago i was on a completely different path but I did, if I did not walk that path, it would not lead me to this. If I would have quit down, walk down that path at some point, if I would have, if I would have thrown in the towel, rung the bell, raised my hands, throw my hands up, I would not be here either. So the way to start, the way to find the thing, like you're talking about your PhD students, like in six months, they go, well, shit, I got to rethink this whole thing. They're not starting over. They're not starting over at all. They've just found a way that doesn't work. They just found they they're six months in. Yeah. They have six months of experience. They're six months ahead of the other guy. So yes, they're pivoting to a different direction. They hit a fork in the road and they and they decided to go right. But they're still six months ahead of the guy behind them. Because they made they're starting to they're 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 walking down the yellow brick road. So like the whole thought of like, oh, I failed. No, 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 no. Like you're not starting over. You're not starting from scratch. You're six months, a year, two years, three years in. It's like when you get in jujitsu, as soon as you get a new belt, you're like, I'm, I'm shite. And you're thinking, you've just been promoted. You've just been told you're better than you were <laughs> last two years. And the people go, oh, I'm just crap. And you're like, it's how does that mindset, how do you break that mindset? And it's like, I, I, it's, just the, it's the journey the whole thing is the journey and the more the more people that i know that are super successful and Ian, i know some i know some freaking i know some successful people hmm. guess what they're all fucking figuring it out man the difference between somebody who just that doesn't have it and the someone who does is the person who does is walking the journey and they're just figuring it out they have a lot more experience and they're just figuring it out as they go. I've certainly noticed like a lot of the top performers are more likely to like speak out and say, I don't know it all. I need help. And when I mean, you've worked in a brotherhood where you have to watch each other's backs, you know, bullets yeah. are flying. You're working with some amazing training partners. You've got like your Johnny Slick's team, like yeah. seem friends more than employees. You know, you've got all these amazing people in your life same beautiful family you know you've got this amazing set of friendships what have you learned in business special forces about building your own tribe because it's one of your kind of philosophies but how how do we utilize that to well i will i'll back up i'll back up one so one of the biggest things that i've done to catapult me forward faster create a snowball effect for my career and my success, right? That has been hiring coaches. Mm. I, why not? If I, if I wish I would have done, that's the one regret. That is the one regret that I have is not hiring a coach earlier on to utilize someone else's experience for me. Yeah. So, 
instead of me and now don't get me wrong i made it i made it pretty far on my own i, I you know we, we built a seven-figure business but say you're not through, struggling <laughs> yeah through experience but it's like man what if i could have done that in three quarters of the time so like what a what a coach does is it takes out a lot of the now you you're still going to fail and you're still going to have missteps but what a coach does is they're going to limit those instead of instead of 15 there might be three you're going to get you're going to get 3 years of results in 1 year versus you doing it on your own taking 3 years to figure you know trial and error mm-hmm. like i want to hack the system you know what i'm saying i want to hack the system and get and get further along faster so what did i do okay i hired a business mentor check got it I hired a fit my own, even though I own a fitness and nutrition coaching company, I went out and hired my own coach. Someone that's going to hold me accountable, someone I can learn from their experience to where I can take what I learned from that experience and put it into my people. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I've definitely noticed with it. Like, I've interviewed like Jay Cutler, like yourself, uh, yeah. Diamond Dollars Page, and that's what everybody was saying is like they always look to, Where's the expert? Where's somebody that can help me with this? I don't know all. I'm going to get my tech guy in. I'm going to get this in. It's, it's like you what you did to is like, okay, I need to help with takedowns. All right. Who's my wrestler? Who's my D1 wrestler here? Hmm. I want to work with that guy. Why? Because he can shoot better. He can take, he can shoot better than everybody else. And you'll notice they're the first people that says, oh, brilliant, cool, right? Let's do this, this, and this. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, they remove the ego. It's the guys that, are willing to help are always the highest at ones because they know what it's like and they yeah. like in part in their knowledge. And that's exactly. what I keep saying to people is ask for help. Don't, you know, don't let your masculinity be tied up in, oh, I don't know, but I'm not asking. I don't want to look stupid. I say oh, stupid shit. No, the hell with that. Look stupid. Look stupid and ask questions. That's going to be gonna gonna get, <laughs> Yeah. Look stupid and ask questions because you're going to get so much, you're going to get so much ahead so faster than anyone else. Your e- that people's ego and pride is so much in the way of their success. It, it blows my mind. And do you think that changes when you become a father? Do you think like when you get married, does it kind of having somebody that you're responsible for the you know, like the accountability partner or I, I did think, it change? I, you? I think that that is for men in the U S I, I can't, I can't, I can't speak internationally. I, I imagine it's the same. Here in the U.S., that actually is the majority of men's kryptonite. And I'm not saying that having a family and being a father is is the, is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Well, I, I actually it's the it's the opposite. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, it, it truly is. I truly believe that it's it's the number one priority, and it's it's the reason why I work so hard, and it's the reason why I want to build things so much is is because, you know. You know, money is not the root of happiness. Money is money is the root of solving problems. And the more and the more problems I can solve, the better life that I can have, the better people I can influence. Right. But um, what happens with men in the U.S. is you get a partner, you get you know, you get your significant other, you get your kids um, and you start putting your goals and your growth on the back burner because you are providing for your family. Yeah. I can't go to the gym and train. I can't have this second side hustle because my wife's been at home with the kids. Now I need to go relieve her. I need to go spend time with her. I need to go spend time with my kids. I can't take an extra hour after work to go take care of myself and, and then come home and then deal with all that because there's only so many hours in the day. Right? So they think they're being the, the, the idea is honorable, right? They think they're being they're they're sacrificing their own self to invest in their family because that's what matters most. It's a very honorable way of thinking, right? Um, I'm going to put myself on the back burner so that I can I can pour into my family and to my kids. Here's what happens with that, though. Now their health starts to suffer. They start putting on weight. They start overeating. They start doing all the, the the lifestyle thing starts to happen. Now their kids are 15 years old and this guy is looking at heart disease, type 2 diabetes. How are you serving your family now? Or is your family going to have to take care of you when you have a stroke in your 50s 
and your kids aren't even out of the house yet. Like, how are you being the best version? How are you being a role model to your family, to your kids? You're not. But you hear and, that a lot, don't you? People saying, oh, I, but I can't do that. And you're like, well, everybody else had the same 24 hours. Pat Flynn, yeah. you know, makes something like 300,000 pounds, uh, sorry, dollars a month, like on his bad months. And that's what he was saying is I used to get up at three in the morning and work before the kids got up. I yeah. still, you know, I still did all the father stuff, but I still, I worked, I figured out a solution to work around what I needed to yeah. do. And it's like what you're saying. It's like, time's going to pass anyway, but it's not selfish to look after yourself. Like, I think that's what you said. It's something like self-care is yeah. the best care. You have to look after because, your number one. Because what happens then is now I can actually, I have the physical attributes to go play with my kids. I have the mm. energy to play with my kids. I can get out on the ground. I can move. I can, I can, I can just, I don't want to be the big, fat, overweight guy on the side of the soccer field, yell, you know, yelling at, at at my kid to 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 do something on the football field that 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 I can't even do. Or worse, for if, if, uh, you know, you see these parents who hate on their kids because they're yeah. doing something that they wish they had done, their regrets. And that's the thing; it's like in thirty years, it's just going to pass regardless. You're going to pass. I want to be the kid my, when my so I have I have two older kids, and then I have my my brand new one, and then we're working on another one. Um, <laughs> so when my 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 young son, when he's fifteen, I'll be fifty five. Fifty five years old. I want him to look at me at fifty five and go, "When I'm fifty five, I want to be like my dad." I want to have that physical. When I'm 55 years old, I want to have that. And we've all met somebody like that, right? I can, I'm sure everyone can think of some older guy or older woman that's like, damn, I hope I can be like yep. that when I get that age. You and know what I mean? We've got crofters up here that are like 80 odd and throwing sheep on their shoulders and walking yeah. with it. You know, it's just like nine to them when you're like, yeah. um, with people who can barely go up a flight of stairs. Right, exactly. So when I want my kids to look at me and I want to go, when I, when I talk about playing football or when I talk about doing jiu-jitsu or lifting weights, I want to him to look at me and go, that's my role model. He set the standard. Hmm. But we miss it. We, we think that we're providing for our families. But the best way to provide for our families is set the standard, to be the role model, to be a, to, to be a professor, a teacher, you know, a, a provider, a protector. That's how we're. That's how we're leading our families. That's how we're teaching them. By, by being overweight and lazy, we're not doing them any any justice. We have to be the very best version of ourselves for them. And if we're not, then we're setting a bad example. And guess what will happen then? If you're the dad that's overweight, that's dealing with heart disease and type two diabetes and all these different acid reflux, guess what's going to happen to your kids? And we see it, right? We look at a family. And we see somebody who's not those doesn't have it together, and we look at their kids, and their kids don't have it together. I wonder why that is. That's the example that you're setting for them. They're going to turn into you. But if you look at a, if a family that's super in shape, that eats healthy, that does sports, that does all these different things, what are their kids? Their kids are just mirrors of them. Yeah, so you I have to ask was... yourself, what do you want for your children? Whatever you want for your children you better damn be sure that you are the optimate of, of that. You are the clear picture of that. You are a living example of that because they're not going to hear what you say. They're going to see what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you see those babies following their mom doing their yoga. They don't know what they're doing, but they're imitating what they're doing. My, my son is not even two years old. He goes to the, he's been going to the gym. He's been going to the gym with us since he was a week old. My wife got back into the gym after a week of having birth, giving a baby. That's incredible. I mean, she wasn't doing like crazy stuff, but she was doing what she could do, right? She mm -hmm. wasn't squatting a thousand pounds. She wasn't doing all these different things. She was just doing the little things that she could do, be being consistent and go just the whole process of just, hey, I'm, it's a weekend. We're going back to the gym. Yeah. If she I can, needed if it. I, if, I to, if I have to sit on a, on a bench, and do curls and presses that's what i'm gonna do mm. you know what i mean i don't have to do a million things i just need to be able to do something so anyways he's been there since he's he's literally been in there with you know blaring blaring rock music or rap music or whatever it is Good that choice. we're playing since he's since he's a week old 
Now he walks around, he gets the little like one pound dumbbells and he's like shrugging and doing curls and doing stuff and squats. And I I've never taught him any of that stuff. He just sees what we do and he, and, and he mirrors it. Now, if we kept, if we keep this up for the, for the rest of his you know childhood, what do you think is going to happen? If this is his life, it's not, it's not Netflix and iPads and computers and, and video games and all that stuff. If it's just jujitsu and park and swimming and the gym, that's all he's going to know. No, it makes, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. I can remember there was a Simpsons episode years ago when Lisa was telling off the aunties for knocking on Homer because it was, she was like, but he, you know, he might be an infallible man, but he's my representation of masculinity of manhood. And right. I look at men later in my life for my relationships based on him. I look at who I'm going to be based on him. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just carry on playing with your toys. Because they're, like, they're just like, Pfft. but if when you say to people, they're like, that's a point. You know, and then they maybe change how they are better with their kids and stuff right. like that. I don't, I mean, I can look at like my parents, you know, they're overweight. And I was like, yeah, I do the same thing. I have like the little blowout the last over the weekends. I do this, I do that. And I see my parents or my granddad did it. And I was like, Ah, that's a chain I need to break. Yes, exactly uh, yeah. right. And it, it's like uh, I'm going to look it up really quick. Um, I love a, a, a mentor of mine. Um, yeah, here it is. Fucked up kids grow up to be fucked up adults who repeat fucked up patterns until you unfuck yourself. <laughs> that's a good quote, like, right? I mean, this- I can't believe we're on for an hour. Like I've just literally feel like it's been ten minutes, uh, and that's why I love it. Like your podcast is amazing. Like you know everything you you seem to be doing is amazing. But what do you want the evolution of your brand to be? I'd love to do a round two and really get into Johnny Slicks, the podcast, yeah, absolutely, the business. Yeah. But what what would you want people to sort of remember from this? What do you want to sort of? How can we interact with you? How can we kind of follow along on the journey that you're on? Yeah, the, the, the podcast, obviously the podcast, the YouTube channel, you know, my YouTube channel and the podcast channel um, would be the best place to like kind of keep up with things. But um, I, if I'm going to leave somebody with, with anything, I, I'm going to say that, you know, at the end of the day, your life and your and your success is 100% on you. And, and that's it. Like, stop, full stop. Like, mm-hmm. not you know, you can say, well, the, 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 the market, this, the environment, this, the government, this, the, the, that's all complete bullshit. Like I, I, like there's people around you killing life right now in midst, in the midst of all, everything that's going on in the world. So your success, your life, your examples, your weight loss, your, your fitness, your health, your money, your ev- everything, your goals is a hundred percent on you period. And if I could do what my what my mission is, what my purpose in life is to inspire, motivate, educate people to live their very best lives. And I do that through coaching. I do that through mentorship. I do that through my podcast. I do that through all the media that I put out. That that's my goal. That's what I that's even when I if I sell Johnny Slicks, I have these different things. I will still be doing those things. Those are the things that I will continue to do until I, you know, I, I don't breathe anymore you know, in some way, shape or form. So if it's, if it's, you need to lose weight, if it's, you need to do whatever, that is what I do. Cause that's why I love like my podcast. Cause I get to interview amazing people like you and go, how are they winning at life? Okay. What can I take and utilize in my own life? Yeah. And I think that's what we need. We need great role models and you're killing it and you're doing amazing things. And to Thank take you, something, you know, like you're saying that you can help veterans who are amazing people who need the help, the transition. And then you're saying, okay, but everybody's struggling with it. Okay. How do I do this? You never seem to be shy about going forward and pushing yourself. And I think that's why I'd love to highlight people like yourself because you're showcasing what can be done. You know, you can come out, you don't need to lose your identity because you come out of the military. You don't need to rely on that. You can go on and become a better person and keep doing what you're doing. Or you can excel in the military. Or you can excel at this and that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So how can people keep... And how can people keep track of you, like, in social media? How do we find you on Instagram, Twitter, these sorts of things? Yeah, everything is my name, Nick Kumalatsos. 
And, uh, you know, I've got several ways you can reach out to me. There's a, there's a, I have a, a text community app that I use that, I can, that to people that are serious about actually, you know, diving in and some questions. Um, I can't get every, I can't get everybody on social media. Um, but I do, I do monitor that text app, but yeah, follow, follow me on Instagram. And then, uh, that's kind of like the hub these days. Mm-hmm. And then everything kind of funnels from that. Um, and then the podcast is on YouTube and, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever you listen to it, it's it's syndicated everywhere. Um, That's about it. I'm pretty easy to find it these days. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it. Use it and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.